This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 256. Tabletop Playground Update. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. So how does this one start, Matt? How does this one start, episode starter? Oh, how does this episode start? Well, Hunter, let me tell you. I'm looking at my official <laughs> episode starter to start my episode, It starts please. like this. First off, it starts with this. Let me give, actually, a weird programming note to the people. Hey, have you been listening to the show recently, and it sounded like a garbled mess? I'm sorry, I don't know why that happened, but it did what? to a lot of you. You're not alone, and you're not crazy. Uh, I'm just learning something. Yeah, what are you learning? What happened? That our, our show broke last week uh, somehow. <laughs> the show broke during the road you to didn't the even finals tell me episode, this. no less. Uh, yeah, it, I don't. I I can't explain it beyond. You did it. You broke it, didn't broke you? It. You did something and you broke it. Something didn't you. Something messed up with uh, basically ads, and so uh, the ads got removed for a minute. It'll be back up, but uh, this is actually an open call. If you. Uh, if your if your episodes are still sounding garbly, if you go back to old episodes and like the second half just sounds like robots talking to you, why don't you hit me up on uh, Discord? Why don't you DM me? Why don't you let me know? I I will wow. not be annoyed at people letting me know there are weird issues. I have no control over it, but I can yell at the people who are. Uh, oh so yeah, thank We're you to come everyone. Down hard on Podbean. <laughs> this is a new arc of the show where we are at war with our podcast hosts. That would be really fun for us to be like, oh, like every week we're uh-huh. just like, oh, we hate Podbean, uh-huh. but here we are. No, you actually, know what I mean? Podbean That's how been... you get it from us, I guess sort of pretty decent anyways it's too hard to switch okay yeah, that's the problem I've looked at you, it. once you look into switching it's a you can't uh but no uh, it, it was messed up hopefully it's all working now uh and then hopefully when i re-add some of our leader games ads it doesn't break again i don't know i i'm really afraid that uh what all of this stuff might entail is a very long project where i have to re-export <laughs> every single episode of no. the show i'm hoping that that's Shut not up. the case we'll see Shut, Shut up. <laughs> That's not it. That's that better not be it. Or I'm you shut up if you're telling me that. If that's what you're telling me, you can shut up. Uh, let's also at the top of this real quickly. And our guest is just sitting here waiting on us to shut up. Uh, but uh, let me tell you also that the finals for the tournament is coming up. Ooh. It is July, not November, as I found out that I said many times. I've repeatedly said November thirtieth, not just. I don't know why you said that. I, I yeah. don't know, but I repeatedly. I think I edited it out of last week's episode, but I repeatedly accidentally said. November 30th. Hey, it's July 30th at 1300 UTC. Please come watch the finals, the championship match of the Space Cats Peace Turtles Patreon tournament. Anyways. Uh, now, Matt, Matt, if you would tell me real quick, 1300 <gasps> UTC, what's that in America That's time? That's an 8 a.m. Central time. Minus five for Central is 8 a.m. It's an early start for Matt and Hunter and EJ on the finals there. Uh, but hey, it means everybody gets to watch, right? Except for, yeah. except generally, sorry, Aussies. I think that sucks for you. Actually, I think you get to watch the beginning of the game, and you can fall asleep, and then you can just watch the end of the game. I think yeah, that's, that's true. I think that's the timing Australians we end up in. Australians get the best view of it because they get to skip all the boring rounds, <laughs> aka two through four. <laughs> well, let's get into our episode proper because we are here with our dearly beloved 
uh, I don't know, the, the patron saint of Twilight Imperium. It is the master coder. It's Daryl. Hello, Daryl. How are you? I'm great. Wonderful. Uh, we, the, the Galactic Council, of course, voted this week to have an update on the progress of the Tabletop Playground mod. So we should maybe lead with just the idea of, hey, there is a Tabletop Playground video game. Yep. Uh, yep. Many of you hopefully got it during the sale that just happened, but it is no longer happening. There'll be more sales, there'll though, be more if you sales. didn't get it. Turns out Steam that does that, good like that all the yeah. time. <laughs> uh, but Tabletop Playground is a uh, video game similar to Tabletop Simulator. And Daryl, uh, who, some background on Daryl real quickly, Daryl is the essentially creator of like the newest iteration of the Tabletop Simulator mod. In 2019... Uh, Raptor put together sort of the place for the mod to exist. We used sort of generic components, the Kraken table, of those of you who remember the Kraken table. The old setup was like that. I Many people were putting their table. hands in the drawer. Daryl, when did you come on to the mod development scene for Twilight Imperium? Uh, well, so I've been playing in real life in 2019, about mm -hmm. once a month or so. And then for some reason, my game group decided to go online at the end of the year. And we were playing on uh, PTS for the first time, and my wife was cleaning up her play area, and she dropped her faction sheet into her destroyer bag. <laughs> and it's like, okay, this this is software. I wonder if I can help help with this. So it wow. sort of started from there and found the community and just went on. That is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Uh, so then you you put together uh, the the you know essentially what everyone recognized now is the TTS mod, which is like the blue, it's almost like blue carpet. It's as if we're playing Twilight Imperium on the ground on a nice blue carpet. That's what I always think of with the TTS ah, mod. Does, is okay, that, yeah. is, what, is that not, is that not like a... No, no, no. I, I yeah. never thought of it that way and it kind it kind of works in my head. Yeah, yeah it, we're, it's on a blue carpet We're somewhere. all sitting cross-legged on the ground like just fully and yeah, it's just I, I want to play TTS like that. Uh, but so you were working on that. What is the what is the rest of your uh, background? We have questions here. Uh, Matthew D. We, we, we fielded a bunch of questions about this for people, but I'm also asking this. But Matthew D. asks, if you're comfortable sharing, we'd love to know your programming history uh, and how you wound up doing this. So we, we understand you you saw that the TTS mod could use some help, but even well, before that. you saw then, what was going on with the destroyer bag, yeah. and you were like, I got to save <laughs> I this. I got to do something. <laughs> sure. Well, so first of all, it goes without saying that a lot of other people have contributed here. For I think sure. it was actually Milty that might have done the, the new table design. Yeah, um, yeah. And in TTPG, I just want to shout out to that Rob Human in for particular. Sure. For sure. Oh my gosh. We'll talk a lot about. We will talk a lot about that Rob Human uh, in this episode. I think there's going to be many things. And they worked on the TTS mod at certain points as well, right? Did they do some of the ship? Uh, things or I don't remember. I, I forget all the credit. We need like we need like a perfect credits list of literally everything everybody worked on for all of these various mods. I feel like, but um, what's your background in programming uh before all of this? Yeah, so like uh, a lot of people, I decided to punch making real life decisions, and I went to grad school after college. <laughs> and I did a lot. Worked in a high performance computing group, doing a lot of like operating systems and device driver stuff. And then after that, I went to Silicon Valley, where I've popped around through a number of, of tech startups doing like really large-scale stuff that Whoa. I really enjoyed. And uh, after that, I sort of went to do my own sort of sole proprietor, contractor, you know, one-man shop kind of stuff, which is really fun. Whoa. I love making my own hours. Um, I had a friend of a friend reach out for doing some iPad work in like 2012 or so. Whoa. 
and we accidentally started a game studio. So if you played any Door of the Explorer games in the 2010s, that's probably my fault. <laughs> that's <Wow>. amazing. <laughs> Wow. Uh, so, so you've just been kind of at this sort of thing of like, let me tinker around with software for for a long time. Then this is just this is just part of your day to day, essentially. It was started with Dora Explorer. Yeah, it and all now started with Dora Explorer. <laughs> Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so do you, do you get up to any other pet projects outside of this community, or does Twilight Imperium do our constant complaints for new features and bugs keep you busy enough? <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I, I do have sort of contract work that takes up most of my professional time. Mm -hmm. and, and lately, my free time is obviously when I've got time to do programming, I've been putting it into the mod. Um, but I saw this question, and, and there was one thing I was working on before hopping into TTPG was um, I'd been playing around in virtual reality, making oh, wow. sort of a, a stealth game. And uh, I downloaded I downloaded an Office Spark model from, from somewhere, and I was playing in it. And... Uh, the uncanny valley just really hits you hard in VR. <laughs> so, so when you're playing in this office park on the desktop computer, it feels just fine. But in VR, you know, you walk in the bathroom and the toilets are about thirty percent larger than they should be. <laughs> and it just it just feels wrong. Well, wow. I, I was about to say, oh, so are we keeping you from this wonderful stealth game project then? But it sounds like maybe we're we're keeping you well, from the toilets are some wrong, nausea Matt, so and the I toilets mean, no. are off. We're keeping you from scary toilets. So, you know, you're welcome, I suppose. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, the the cool thing about this was I was like, okay, don't don't try to fight with Uncanny Valley, just yeah. run away from it. So yeah. I've been doing a lot of research into like insect hives and uh, you know construction of, of ant colonies and those kinds of things, wow. and just building three D environments based off of those mathematical models. Wow. Well, so, uh, it looks really cool on a screen, but you put on a VR headset and you find yourself in this environment. Yeah. Your brain just says this is wrong. This is yeah. wrong. It's yeah. Well, the hope then, too, is because TTS was this way, but TTPG, the, the creators, Plasticity, Plasticity Studios, have said like one of their focuses for this to also be able to be a VR experience. So I suppose you could put some of that Uncanny Valley experience to the test and we can make sure uh, the TI mod is also a VR-ready experience. I've been itching to do that for a long time, to play, to get six players playing in VR. And uh, Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just having the VR experience would be uh, fantastic. But I feel like we would have to make something about it would have to be shooting for lifelike yeah. in order for us to feel VR freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it's really like the ships would have to be as big as they would be yeah. in real life. Right. Which means, like, if you picked up, like, your own dreadnought, you would, like, puke as yeah. you were moving it. Because it would be so massive, and it's moving. And basically, your head is going through yeah. every, like, floor of it. And yeah. we'd have to do the inside. We'd have to figure out what's on the inside of those dang yeah, things. You right, know what I mean? Right. You build little people inside of the ships. You can peek inside and see all the Hakan <laughs> working on their dreadnoughts. Sure. Um, well, let's... Okay. Let's talk a little bit about Tabletop Playground, then. Um, we did the semifinals... On Tabletop Playground, Hunter and I have now streamed a handful of games. And Hunter, you've been oh, yeah. you've been playing a lot on Tabletop Playground. I've played mm -hmm. a handful of games. I've played a few games on it now. But uh, I guess we could talk about just like where what, what's our experience level now with this mod so far. Hunter, you go ahead. Um. So yeah, I've been playing a lot lately. Um. Obviously, um. I'm already an expert. <laughs> sure. Um. I love it. Uh. In a lot of ways, my favorite thing about it is the thing I would tell everyone to go look at is the way the agenda phase works yeah. in Tabletop Playground is just uh, stellar. Yeah. Now, it does take a little bit of getting used to, and I have noticed that 
um, because people aren't expecting its solution, they won't be looking in the right place. But yeah. essentially, these menus pop up now, and it's just so much easier to understand visually. Yep. There's no setting it up or anything like that. It's literally just popping up and saying, hey, it's... And also, here's what it does, actually, Matt, is now the mod does what we used to have to <laughs> I know. do mostly exactly. for us. <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, we've gotten to a point where most of the community understands that when the agenda phase happens, you got to say things like, are you playing any wins? Yeah, yeah. Then you got to play, are you playing any afters? Like that stuff. Right. Finally... The mod has taken that lofty weight yeah. off of our shoulders <laughs> and is just handling it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say uh, to anybody, if you haven't seen how the agenda phase works in Tabletop Playground, take a look at it because yeah. I, I, I'm real big about it. Yeah. I'm really into it. The thing I get a kick out of in doing semis and like seeing Twitch chat and stuff like that during this stuff is and, and just seeing other people play it is the number of things like th there are so many things that are slightly different like oh there's some hotkeys that are different this thing is in sure. a different place than we're used to and it's funny how often a human's brain just wants the thing that it's used to regardless of if that thing is actually or whether the, it was good or if, not whether yeah. it was good or not so like the agenda phase solution in tts is awful <laughs> it's it's not it was it's never been sure. anyone's favorite thing it's just like it's sort of what evolved over time like we eventually started using those little counters to tick up and we like we added each of these components like one at a time and so it was like okay this is kind of like the natural place we ended up i think about that kind of thing with uh like civic design civic civil engineering where it's like you can build a road a certain way but people just end up using the road the wrong way anyways even oh, if you've sure. made yeah, yeah, a better yeah. design or whatever and like teaching people to use the design so the thing i've noticed the most with the transition to ttpg is people being like i don't think this works and it's like well it works it's just not where you thought it it's where you thought it was and myself included like you you just bump sure. up against that stuff sort of constantly but so the relearning of like where things are is certainly a a bump to get over but what i've found is i i enjoy uh how everything is like set up on there much more there's essentially the the main difference of the whole thing hunter's sort of referring to like this agenda phase thing but that is also in lockstep with the idea that there's like off to the just the right of the whole uh, map there's like one general purpose supercomputer area we keep trying to come up with names for it in twitch chat like we, we need a name for whatever the hub is uh but there's like one area where everybody can kind of always publicly turn their attention to and then there's your player area and depending on things that get used like when you start agendas big platforms big things will modules will show up in your play area so you can always like refer back to your play area and any relevant information gets displayed in that area so it feels like you actually have a seat at the table where things are getting populated and generated and that and that sort of like persistence of experience and that like physicality is something i've been enjoying i know where some of that might change because ui is something that's only recently been added to tabletop playground so most of this was solutions that because ttpg just didn't even have ui that you had to make everything physical so uh but but i i've enjoyed the physicality of it i have a relevant anecdote to what matt is talking about with uh well one of the p points that matt made at the top of that um which was uh the idea that no matter how you build something people might be used to doing something a bad way and uh Sorry, Frank, uh, but I'm going to mention a thing Frank did in the most recent game. Uh, uh, Frank G, uh, wonderful fellow, love playing with Frank G. But um, Frank researched Carrier 2, uh -huh. and he did it by clicking on the menu, the pop-up menu in Frank's player area. He clicked on Carrier 2. Now, what TTPG does 
because TTBG knows that nobody likes searching through their tech deck to pick out one particular card uh -huh. because you know what's in there. So why do you got to search through it? So TTPG will just deal you the tech that you have researched. Oh, I, it I it didn't in your even hand. know that. I didn't, yeah, yeah. It, wow. just, it just puts it right in your hand and then you throw it down in the tech area. Yeah. Well, Frank didn't know that. So Frank <laughs> clicks carrier two. It deals to his hand. Frank doesn't look in his hand. And Frank's like, my carrier two is gone. He's like looking. He's like spending all this time looking through the deck. You know, I my carrier two is just not here. I don't know. I'll have to copy and paste somebody else's carrier two. Yeah. And then like, no joke, like an hour later. Because if you remember the text, are are sideways they're not yeah. they're not horizontal it's very easy to maybe not see that sitting in your hidden. hand yeah yeah and then frank was like oh carrier two is <laughs> in my hand i had along. it actually all along yeah. see there you go is it's like frank wanted to do it the hard way yeah but now in a lot of ways the ttpg mod is about doing things uh the easy way yeah, yeah. and that's just going to come with familiarity so i guess the to, to start then with you daryl is uh the reason uh, you have stated to switching to tabletop playground uh, from the get-go uh, seemed primarily to be from an infrastructure perspective. Um, and I am a programming dum-dum and I literally don't know anything. And even though I have seen you explain it numerous times, layman's turns don't even do enough for me. So can you first <laughs> just go ahead and give the techno answer for the people that actually want to know and this matters to because i don't at the end of the day i don't care just however it works but can you give the good answer and then can you give the matt answer to like what is different uh from a from the onset for tabletop playground so uh tabletop playground is javascript for their scripting and tabletop simulator is lua and lua was written with a language developed by a physicist who didn't really know programming languages but just wanted to help, something to help him do data crunching so it shows that it wasn't written by someone that has any knowledge of programming languages, and it works, and it's very easy to build into other things, which is why it's so common. Hmm. Um, you know, JavaScript has been around for a long time. Lots of very smart people worked on it. It's, it's quite good. Um, when something breaks, so one of the biggest things that's different between them is, is uh, they call it the stack trace, right? So if something goes wrong in a script in, in Tabletop Simulator, you go, huh, all right. And you go and you sprinkle in little print statements being like, I am here, I am here, I am here. And, uh, and you run it again, you see it break again, and you say, okay, it got to this point, but it didn't print the next I am here. So it's whatever went wrong is between these two. And you sort of hone in on it that way. Whereas in Playground, when something goes wrong, it says, here's exactly where it broke. Here's oh how gosh. it got there. Here's <laughs> a, you know, it's basically easily 100 times faster to oh, develop wow. complicated things on it. Yeah. So so a bug reporting, especially like when just anything breaks, literally, you can find the answer. So And so maybe that's in part an answer to why the development of the mod in TTPG has been so lightning fast. I mean, there were some things you were able to like, in a, in a way, transfer over, right? Like there, there was a certain level of just like, we can move some things over. But from there, I mean, you guys have had to more or less build this from the ground up or like how much work did it take to get this thing even running? Well, so we had a pretty good idea for how the internal should, should be based on how we did them in TTS. Uh -huh. But certainly in TTS, you know, it was an evolution. So like when I first came in, the roller was there, it already did things like uh, morale boost and a bunch of those things. Mm -hmm. And then we added the rest of the abilities, and then along comes POK and, and Codex 1 with basically ways of doing things that we hadn't thought about. So yeah. we had to go through and, and redo a bunch of stuff. So uh, 
I would say Codex 3 actually broke some of our assumptions that we had made in TTPG, <laughs> but, but it was certainly much easier to, to adapt it to the newer stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, outside of, I guess, that sort of uh, those, those technical aspect improvements, uh, what has, um, I guess, excited you about getting to work with Tabletop Playground over TTS? I mean, is there anything else, even just from a stylistic perspective or anything like that, that, is, that has made it um, a favorable experience from your end? I mean, certainly the, the language, having a better language and better sort of development experience has been way more pleasant to work with. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that's really great is we have a very rich testing infrastructure. So after we make a change, we can run this infrastructure and it's currently got 500 tests or something that it does where it tests up different board states and does things just to make sure that it didn't break anything. Wow. Um, it's obviously not complete because, you know, bugs are still there that we don't know about, but it you make a change and have a much higher degree of confidence that you didn't break something. Yeah, I didn't even know that or imagine that that would be part of it, Daryl. <laughs> so my mind is kind of blown by that, that rules. Yeah, yeah. And that, well, and this is the stuff, too, that I think that has been very, very hard to, like, translate to people to, for them to understand that it's like it's not all of this stuff has not just been like a does a desire for more options or whatever, like just more things for people to play. It's it is, I think, first and foremost, a desire from the the actual boots on the ground people that make this mod stuff like they are the ones who have consistently been telling me this is so much easier to use which means we can make stuff at a faster pace we can make stuff better quicker like all of that end was enough for me to be more desired to, to like get you know to be backing it and and to to see it grow because it seems like the actual growth of what the community can do there was always stuff with tts where people it seemed like wanted to help out but they like didn't understand lua or whatever right there's always things where it's like well i don't know what the heck that language even really is or i don't i don't necessarily know how to code in it so i feel like we saw that fairly often was like people didn't actually know how to make stuff in tts mm -hmm. but i have seen more and more people just automatically know that they can jump in to the TTPG side of things. Right, and a lot of new interest from people that we had not heard of before yeah. um, that, that are interested in working on it. Well, I, I love seeing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can give you a, a fun specific example is the uh, Codex 3 Nalu Commander oh, has yeah. the ability to look at the promissory notes of anyone your neighbors with. And it's like, this is sort of mechanical. You can sort of put this off and turn the crank, but in, in TTS, because Lua is so slow, when you click on the combat roller thing, it actually does a little bit of work, waits for the next frame, does a little bit of work, waits for the next frame, because you don't want to throw the lag everybody out. Uh -huh. But since TTPG is you know, 500 something times faster, we don't need to do all that sort of splitting work up. So for the Nalu Commander, we're like, well, we can, we can find every system on the board where you've got a unit. We can use the PDS2 style, you know, who are all, all the adjacent right. systems right. to this? You know, who's got units there? And you know, build up the neighbor list, and it's like, Trying to do that in TTS, it's just like, yeah, I'm not, that's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But in PG, it, it took less than an hour to do that because we're sort of pulling in. <laughs> we already have adjacency. We already have, you know, promissory notes. And it's, it's, it's so much better. Yeah. The first time I saw that Nalu commander option to just like click and report all the things I'm allowed to look at, like literally, Hunter, you put, didn't you put the call out on the show? You're like, can't, can't we just have a button click to like, let me look at all the things I want to look at. And Daryl's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we can do that. I, I mean, I, right. by, by your count an and hour, it, it took an hour and we did it. So that's like the, that is the desire we're getting out that's of this. So insane. Yeah. That is, so that is ridiculous. The other end of this too is, um, not to get like crazy in the weeds with it, but like how communicative 
the development team of TTPG has been with us. I mean, I don't know if people know this, but like there is on their Discord, there is a special channel just for Twilight Imperium where we ba basically get to pester them whenever we want with like bug reports. Because the, the reality is Tabletop Playground is also a video game that is still an early access. It is not like right. officially released yet. There are bugs on the platform itself. Like there are aspects of this game that are are not completed yet and so in that way like it is not necessarily a finished product but we're kind of like here at the beginning with them not a, it's not even really the beginning i mean they've been developing this game for like a while but we're here early enough where it's like i mean we i i think there's been a few instances daryl where like you have wanted something and they have added it to the video game essentially for us i mean it's for everybody but like we sort of put the idea in their head to include X mechanic into the video game itself. Is that true? Yeah, things like um, playing a sound to just one player was something we asked for and they put it in. So now when you get a whisper, it goes ding ding on, on your system, but no one else hears that. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and and the idea of all the different alert, like that plays into that speed of play stuff that we could like see greatly improved is like all of the little things that can like notify a specific player of time mm -hmm. to act like th this thing can become that well-oiled machine that we all like once we learn all the systems i mean you could play a game very very fast we're seeing the slow three games hour right game now. yeah the, the three-hour three game the, le <laughs> the, the game of legend the three-hour game yeah um uh so within that uh Jadim jedi asked this and I, I think it's worth covering um a number of users have reported performance problems can you describe how users can adjust settings in tabletop playground to make the game run on lower end pcs or laptops i'm i want to sort of rephrase this question of just like we have seen a couple people have some issues with it i've seen some of those people fix those things right away and we've seen a couple continue to have issues but what is i guess the biggest difference is the ttpg mod bigger than the tts mod is ttpg as a video game like harder to run or is it more complicated than that um, so that's really a question for TTPG, sure. right? So is, I know it's based on Unreal, and Tabletop Simulator is based on Unity. Mm -hmm. So I know a fair amount about how Unity does graphics batching and whatnot, but but um, I don't know if there are knobs or levers that TTPG hasn't pulled yet that they sure. should be. Right. But yeah, we're we're certainly working on that, and performance is uh, is, is my personally my biggest concern right now. Right. Right. Well, and you test all the. I mean, you have like a. 10 or 12 year old Mac laptop with like integrated graphics that I see you constantly reporting like, hey, listen, I got this running on basically a piece of crap laptop from a decade ago. Oh yeah, everybody's got to have their potato yeah. that they run stuff on. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking about going to eBay and just buying any computer that's less than $100. And... <laughs> <laughs> just, see, just seeing how it goes with that, yeah. Um, but so then I guess from our, our perspective itself though, do you have any hot tips for people that are noticing any level of stuttering um, for what people can do? Uh, and, you know, we, we can this is stuff, too, that can, can get developed more over time. Like, I mean, I, I know we expect to eventually get a video like we did with Tabletop Simulator, like a guide to getting started. Daryl, I know you have a startup guide of just getting things going, but we want to make a video about like all the commonly used items and stuff like that. But is there are there any of the fastest tricks uh, you've seen to like getting this thing to run at least a little bit better or even things to steer clear of? Like I know one of the mouse settings was causing issues for people pretty frequently, I think. Oh yeah. So, so uh, in tabletop playground, you can set your mouse between 3d, 2d or screen mode. 
And I should say there is a setting to adjust the size of the mouse. So if you don't like the giant yeah. chunky one that it starts with, you can make it smaller. Yeah, that's what I did. Um, right I would say right now, don't use screen mode unless your computer is running so slowly that you need to. Because we think there may be some issues with dragging to select things in screen mode that, that are a little buggy. Yeah. In terms of settings, um, we haven't really done an exhaustive exploration yet. Mm -hmm. One of the things that um, I'm probably going to be working on today is a... You know, they, they call it the monkey, where it just sort of randomly picks, stuff, picks things up and throws them around, deals cards, and just like puts the game through random paces and maybe stumbles across bugs that way. Hmm. So once that's working, we plan to actually go through and try all the possible different graphics settings and see what the frame rate does. Wow. So then we'll have a better idea about which ones are more important than others. <laughs> but, but generally speaking, what I've done when I you know, fire up my low-end system is that I just turn everything down to low, which, for, which is a good idea to, to bump it down anyhow, because sure. for some reason the default settings are like ultra, ultra right now. Yeah. Yeah, the default settings are crazy. I remember I turned my, I always like turn my shadows and stuff off instantly in almost all games, unless it's like something that really matters. But like I turned a bunch of stuff down in mine. You can. Oh, um, I turned it all up on my crank big it up. honking huge <laughs> on, PC. On your, oh, I cr on I was your like, supercomputer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I cranked it up high. I cranked it all up high. I like it looks like real life to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so I, I guess within all that, too, what, what I'm having my eyes opened up to is uh, the idea that uh, I feel like everyone should be reminded is that game dev is really hard. <laughs> like that these things aren't just like, I don't know. This thing was I mean, what you 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 started building this in February. Is that right? I mean, it's, it's only been a few months that this thing has even existed. And the idea that it's even to the point where it is right now is kind of miraculous. And so it gets it, it gets a funny kick out of me when I, I think like, oh, this thing didn't work yet. And it's like, OK, well, I mean, how it, it's been around for a week and a half. Like, what well, did you and what you should be thinking, Matt, is, well, we need to get the monkey on this. Yeah, right get now. the monkey. Yeah, you know? exactly. somebody wake the monkey up. I didn't even know about this. I just found out about I'm this monkey. I'm obsessed with the monkey now. I'm obsessed with this monkey now <laughs> that I just learned about. Okay. So uh, the other one, then, uh, from this back end stuff that I'm curious about is uh, something I'm pretty sure is already mostly implemented, but. Uh, I, I know like from our tournament perspective, we do a lot of stat collection and that had become like a crazy automated thing in TTS. And I believe Tabletop Playground has more or less been able to just like push the same thing over there. Are there are there dramatic differences? Um, and for people wanting to get into like stat collection about games, like uh, maybe even get specific, like what formats does this, does this stuff output in so that people can build their own tools? I think that's the thing we should start pushing for people. And we're going to talk about here in a bit more like stuff for the future, like what is possible in Tabletop Playground. But uh, maybe getting people just the idea of what languages these things speak in. And then they're like, oh, wait, I know how to do that. I, I know how to use Excel really well. And I can use this format to go from there. Because I think the big thing is trying to get people to make tools of their own we don't my, uh, my tendency is to just be like hey daryl can you make this and uh, we probably could all do better to like figure out how to make the stuff ourselves if, if we really want to see it so so first and foremost frox was asking kind of on behalf of drago faxon who did a bunch of stat collection for this year's uh tournament interested in exploration of metadata from games to an xml file is that something that could be possible or is it currently possible but yeah tell me about uh the, the sort of stuff that this game outputs um, sure. So, so the TTS version of the data output was something that sort of started small, and it grew in a bad way. We sort of kept tacking things in and being oh, like, yeah. "We should really rewrite this thing," but that's work. So let's just 
keep doing it worse and worse. <laughs> so in, in, in Tabletop Playground, we actually said, okay, this is actually important. Let's make a pluggable framework where you can drop in a module to report trade goods, drop in a module to report action cards, or what, what have you. So they're all nice and clean and separate now. Hmm. Um, it's currently exporting as JSON, but um, you know, XML, it would be really trivial to do that. I so see. yeah, whatever format you want. Um, and it's a giant collection of JSON stuff that's in, a, in the Google Cloud right now. And the Parsley Sage has tools that rips it up. And it had been writing it to a, um, a Google Sheet for a while, but that's been replaced with something else. I'm not quite sure. Gotcha. But the Parsley Sage is certainly a good person to talk to for tools to help process the stuff that we already have. Right, right. Well, and, the, and this is using a lot of the same infrastructure that even outputs data to like our streaming overlay. Is that right? Or is it a different setup? Oh yeah, it's, it's the same data. The only difference is the long-term data includes a snapshot from the beginning of each round. Right. But yeah, it's, it's, gotcha. it's everything on the streaming overlay plus some more stuff that, that really doesn't show you. Gotcha. Awesome. That's very cool. Um, and so uh, I guess we should maybe, uh, I think we're going to take a quick break, but then we're going to talk more specifically about like how the mod is going so far and then kind of a look ahead at uh, what we really would like to see from this mod in the future. And maybe, yeah. we'll, maybe we'll dream big for a little bit. The future of Twilight Imperium and Tabletop Playground. Um, but yeah, let's first let's take an ad break and possibly break the whole episode. <laughs> if you've been listening, if this is the present, let's go ahead. Let's let's cut on over to the part that's been breaking lately. <laughs> go ahead, Matt. Okay, welcome back. I hope I sound like a person. If I don't. Uh, let me know. Let me know if I don't sound like a person right now. Thanks, everybody. All right. Anyways, what a weird energy for that to be. Uh, hey, let's get into the mod itself. Let's talk about uh, how things are going so far. Uh, Jadim Jedi asks, how many features do we need before Tabletop Playground mod equals and or surpasses uh, the Tabletop Simulator mod? A curious question because it's kind of <laughs> philosophical. Um, it's an opinion question. It's not even really like... Yeah. It's not, a, there's not an absolute uh -huh. answer to this question. <laughs> um, there's all, I'll say this, and I'm just going to throw my opinion in here real quick, which I've sort of already front loaded earlier in the episode. There are already tabletop playground, tabletop playground surpasses yeah. tabletop simulator in a number of ways. Right. I mean, Daryl was just talking about how he gets to use his monkey on it. <laughs> and then what also the is better. I don't understand. Yeah, like, it, it, it already surpasses it in many ways. It's just that TTS is older. Yeah. And so, therefore, it's you're just used to it more. And also, uh, we've seen it mess up in more ways. Sure. So, it's been patched up. Right. You know? Yeah. In more uh, ways than Tabletop Playground can be at this point because it hasn't been played as much. Right. Right. Uh, so, so, the question then more geared towards Daryl is, Daryl, would you call Tabletop Playground like... Ready? Like, are we? Do we have version one point or what is What does that stuff mean it. to a programmer? Like, what? What? How important are those benchmarks to you? Um, well, so I, I talked about how we have all these test cases now, and, we, and we've gone and played games, and we'll go through, and when we change something, we try to take, make sure that everything's still working. Mm -hmm. I would like to see, you know, at least fifty to one hundred games played on it, and without any problems, to to really say this is blessed now. Right. Yeah. Um, right. But to, but for my answer to that question is um, in terms of features and whatnot, the the answer I have been giving is um, if the TTS mod can do it without pulling something out of the tools bag, the TTPG mod can do it. Right. 
Um, and there are a few small exceptions, like we've had people ask for the manual rollers where you enter your numbers of ships and whatnot, because they just oh, like yeah. to do it that way. Right. And it's like, that that's coming, but it, that's not, not a huge deal. Right, right. Yeah, so so there's there's thing, I, I like that way of putting it, where it's like, if you frequently use all the crazy extra stuff in TTS, maybe not all of that is in TTPG yet. But like, I mean, from my perspective, we did the six semifinals games on it with like no weird bonus stuff, right? And it all worked. Like we we had every single thing yep. that we needed to run a game. You know, the con. It, for me, it's is the combat roller in there? If yes, then it's as good to go. Like I I almost don't need anything else. I just want the combat to be able to roll quickly, uh, and everything right. else is pretty much doable. But like exploration is all in there. All of that stuff that you like really really sort of expect is definitely there. And then there's basically only room to grow uh from there so maybe we can start looking ahead at like what other projects you would like to see but it just to put one more pin in that last point is just here's daryl telling you if you want to be able to call this mod ready come play it so that there can be test games because daryl's not going to call it done until he's seen enough people play on it and not have any issues come up so it's like it requires from this point like the community coming in and actually putting in paces on this thing like we, we don't know if it's bug free until enough people have experienced it to know if uh if bugs are gone or whatever and i mean it'll never be bug free obviously but like you know if the worst of the bugs we can we can suss out we just need people playing on it so you know i encourage everyone to to give it a go i i Again, I hope a lot of people already got a, a hand on it. Um, obviously, we can't all just run out and get it, but wait for that next Steam sale. We'll post about it, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, more people can transfer over to it. So let's go. Let's start looking forward, and let's talk about future capabilities of Tabletop Playground. First one I've got is something I've seen talked about a lot, and this one's from Absol. It says, "If we get good image files created for them." Can uh, we add the lost planet tiles, i.e. the planets from Twilight Imperium 1st edition through 3rd edition that did not make the cut to Twilight Imperium 4th edition to the mod so that people who want an old school lore focused game to use them? I'm going to I'm going to open with this question, but really, this is a question about homebrew, right? So what is the status of how Tabletop Playground uh, handles homebrew? How do we implement homebrew into games and how does that community sort of work with Tabletop Playground? Sure. So there's sort of two sides to this. So one is the scripting, where you sort of give it a table of here are all the systems, their resources, their influence, and all that stuff. And that's that all basically works the same way in Playground as it did in Tabletop Simulator. Mm -hmm. So that, that's that's all good. The asset side with the images is not quite as user friendly. Yeah. So in in Tabletop Simulator, you could just upload an asset and it would just get uploaded to Steam Cloud. You drop it in the game, it gets downloaded to everybody. Right. Playground, you actually need to tie an asset to a module to a mod.io workshop item, okay. so to speak. So, in order to actually have it out there, someone needs to upload it to mod.io, right. or, or we need to fold it into the mod proper, which is certainly something we we can talk about. Right. But um, this does mean that the homebrewers need to to actually set up their own mod, and then when you when you load it into the tabletop playground, it'll pop up thing on on the player screens, being like, "Hey, someone's loading." Absol's system tiles package. Do you want it? Do you want to download it? And you say yes, and right. then you're good to go. Well, and so that's an important distinction. There is, uh, from a player perspective, really the only difference is that Tabletop Playground asks for permission <laughs> before it just like starts dropping image files onto your thing. It says like, "Do you want to download this package?" So, 
as far because a misconception I had was that homebrew was like harder to manage. Period. Like it was just like you would ha- I would have to go in and subscribe to the mod IO page like separately to get into my thing. But it's not that way. Like TTPG will just ask you if you want to download it when the person's trying to drop it in. But it is from that creator side of things that things are actually more complicated because instead of literally just like uploading i mean hunter you did a bunch of stuff for, for the homebrewers guild like you and wecker were like making stuff all the time but like you were able to just drop stuff up in, into tts and it is not really the case with ttpg that we can do that yeah but i would say i'll say this though um what you're losing in there is not like or or at least from from my person i'm just talking from my perspective sure. here there's a lot of homebrew people that i i will maybe disagree with this but for me in TTS, when I just dropped in an asset, like a let's say a card, like a an objective, yeah. for example, um, it's not like it was really done. Like yeah. it was just a card with that image on it, right. which that's great. And and for some people that works, but for eventually it got to the point with when I was trying to do homebrew stuff that was a little more complicated. I I had to get help anyways. Yeah. You know, if I needed like a custom unit for a faction like injected into the mod so that it could recognize that custom yeah. unit that's that's i have to talk to somebody about that anyways right i i'm not on that level to be able to do that so for me the the basic just dropping stuff in there the mod was already so complicated that most of the time that didn't even fully cover it anyways and we would all just have to be kind of fudging it right. and we would mess it up because we're used to the mod doing x thing and but this is just in our head now for right. this one component so I don't know how big of a loss yeah. it is to just be able to drop in an image. Right. So Playground does have a few limited things it can do. So you actually can create a card with an image from the internet. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, you can't create a system tile. So it's there are some limits to how, how far you can right. go with that. Right. Or I should say you can't create a system tile in a way that's easier than the alternative. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I mean, I will say I did a Homebrewers Guild game on Tabletop Playground recently with a, a new strategy card, and we had some hiccups at the very start, and part of that is because, like, we basically, like, didn't even put any work in until a half hour <laughs> before the game was start. You know, it's like, it was in part our own laziness, but then even during that game, like, we got things fixed and re-implemented, and, like, they were ready to go. Like, we had all the components we needed to just dropped in, and we barely had to, like, do anything to reset that right it was just people going off making the thing and dropping it into our game or whatever and we all downloaded it and it was quite easy so from that standpoint the idea then for homebrew becomes more about projects that revolve around like an individual mod io package like i know this is already happening with philroy's discordant stars right like he's trying to make everything for ttbg so he has a separate mod file that is the discordant stars package basically and then anybody can subscribe to that on mod io and i think we would essentially like propose the same for like a more general use like i i think hunter and i have a desire to essentially do like a homebrewers guild version of that where we get all of the stuff we like into one sort of grand homebrew package i mean community projects like that can take off where it's just like we don't all need to have our own weird little disparate things that we use for a homebrew if we have like one homebrew mod that a lot of people contribute to and can just like send their thing to the mod owner that like uploads it in the same way the tts mod has always worked right we've always had to just like send our stuff to raptor so that raptor can make it a part of the official mod like all of that stuff has always been how the system works anyways and doing that with like one official homebrew mod um seems like an easy course of action for people to take well so this this is actually one thing that's really great in the differences in that in, with mod.io and, and tabletop playground, 
you can actually have a team. Oh. So you could have this shared homebrew mod where any one of a dozen people has the authority to upload a new version. Wow. You don't need to, oh. to send it to the Raptor of this right. mod. We don't have to wait for I Raptor to get that. home from vacation to suddenly update our stuff or whatever whatever it might be. That's that's uh, I did yeah. not know that, and that's amazing. Yeah, I, I will say that the tools for creating assets within Playground are certainly not as intuitive as tabletop simulators. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Once you get used to it, it's fine, but it's clearly done by someone who's worked with the you know game maker programs and and well and to a certain point i mean like you know hunter and i do our homebrewers guild stuff and i think neither of us know how to like code and make things so i think it's always going to come down to like there's going to be people with more just homebrew mechanic ideas than they have uh coding knowledge but it's going to take you know the dedicated community members who are like well i like i mean wecker is a great example of this right like wecker likes some goofy homebrew stuff and knows how to code stuff and is always jumping. I mean, I don't even have to message Wecker half the time to be like, Hey, can we get this thing? It's like he, they've already made it by the time I'm hitting them up and asking if we can maybe do like a custom objective for this thing. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I implemented that last night. I have it ready to go. Like there's people that sort of look for that. So I would always encourage people to just look around the community. If you're trying to get your fun homebrew idea implemented, like, I mean, ask around. People are there to help out and get this stuff uploaded. So that there are people with coding knowledge that you know some of us don't have that can help your idea get seen, basically. And I think getting collected mods will help that. I want to do right by Absol though, and kind of take it back to the original focus of the question, which was um, how how to implement. How difficult would I guess would you estimate, Daryl, it is to implement new tiles? Actually, yeah, I guess you did sort of at, uh, answer this before, but. If there's anything you could add to that, that would be. Sure. Well, so if it's a case of we fold them into the mod, that's super easy. We just drop in some new images, make some new tiles, and, and we're good to go. Mm-hmm. If, if someone wanted to do it the other route where you create your own sort of homebrewed thing on mod.io, you would take the existing system tile model, you take the images, and create templates for each of the objects. So it's, um, you know, once you've done it once, it's super easy, but the, mm-hmm. probably the first time you do it is going to take an hour of like going through someone's instructions gotcha. yeah yeah right right so a little, a little learning curve for everything but then once you once you figure it out you can you can kind of work with it well then let, let's talk about other tools the community has worked on uh holy teaspoon is like a major uh creator in the async ti4 discord server and i know they have a, a an insane uh bot we we didn't get to learn about it this much because because the galactic council chose specifically this episode but maybe in the future we'll talk more about the insane async computer uh as it were but holy teaspoon's question and and we'll i'll ask it as specific as it is and you can you can get as specific as you want daryl but uh can we interface the tabletop playground mod with our async bot i'd love to be able to finish a game that we started live but we didn't finish and then, or and we can't find a time to play live again, so instead we decide to switch the final round to an async game. Is that the kind of thing that sounds possible and doable to you, Daryl? I mean, I don't know anything about the file format, but sure. I, it's you know the fact that we're already spitting out all this game data, which includes where all the units are and what systems, what planets. I I feel like that would actually be fairly straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's certainly the kind of thing that I would encourage someone on their team to reach out and I can help them to right. how do you pull the data out of 
TTPG or, you know, we'll figure it out. Right. Right. It's again, it's the, it's the meeting of the minds. I mean, this doesn't sound that different to me than the stat collection that already happens and the overlay collection that already happens. It's all, it's all relevant Um, to go into the future with even that stuff and the data collection. uh, I've talked about this on stream before, but Daryl, can you talk a little bit about the Twitch extension sort of project that's going on? (laughs) Yeah. So the, so the current way it's done is it, the TTS mod or pushes data out to a third-party host, and then the overlay pulls data in from that third-party host. Right. And that third-party host is on my checking account, so every time a game gets streamed, that's like 75 cents, right? So, <laughs> so we're definitely motivated to uh, to get this fixed. Um, we do have oh an experimental... I did not know that. What the hell? <laughs> hey, Daryl, we didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, uh, hey, thanks, bud. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's still less than my Patreon subscription cost, so we're all good. But the uh, we do have an experimental Twitch extension right now, which we haven't tried to actually upload it to Twitch, so we don't know if we're hitting any terms of, of use kind of issues oh, with gotcha. it. But we do have a very, very simple one that basically just collects player names and factions and scores, and then you can have a real-time update as a either as a Twitch overlay or as a little Twitch box underneath the stream that you can then pop out and resize that window. Yeah. So yes, everything we can do now, we can, we can lean on the Twitch infrastructure to to distribute in real time. Which is a, a a terrifying prospect, I think for myself, because uh, what you're offering is an opportunity for me to get very lazy and I need to fight the urge to be as lazy as a potential Twitch extension could allow me to be, which is to say, all the time, you know, people pop into Twitch chat and it's like, oh, can we see the score overlay real quick? Or like, you know, a huge part of commentary is us sort mm-hmm. of translating information that everybody doesn't have instant access to and making sure the viewers know what's going on. But now there's just going to be a... T- I mean, people could literally like just turn on a, a dead broadcast of a TTPG game with a Twitch thing up and everybody would have access to like... I mean, at some point, what could be doable because all of this stuff is being output is... All of the re- like tapped and untapped planets, the number of trade goods, the number of command counters, in which area they are, like all of that stuff, is stuff that gets tracked by the overlay, and so in theory could easily also be like anybody could pull up any tab they want in a Twitch uh, stream well, and see the live numbers and just figure out whatever they want from that information. I'm excited because yeah. Matt, you've already retired from playing Twilight Imperium, <laughs> and now maybe you're announcing your potential retirement from commentary. I still not have and to do anything Twilight anymore. Imperium. Yeah, yeah. Matt will have completely retired at the age of at the ripe old age of 33. Matt will retire. Matt's 32 right now, so we got a little bit of time before Matt's retirement, uh-huh. but it's it's coming up. It's coming it's up. Coming We're up. almost done. We're almost done. Um, but can can we dream big for a second? Is there? I mean, to to your mind, Daryl, is there anywhere else that that kind of stuff could go, or is this the kind of the realm of other people coming up with crazy things? Well, so just to to hammer it out a little bit, so the um the current way it's done is everything's sort of on a timer. Mm. So when a player changes something in game, it might take up to ninety seconds or whatnot right. to be reflected on the overlay. But with the setup we've got now, it's going to be within five seconds. So oh it's gosh. much more you know very rapid response. But you could also I don't know if um, watching a tr- watching a Twitch stream after the fact if this real time data is still being sent out or not. Mm-hmm. I hope it is, but I don't know for sure. Right. But certainly talking about async TI, you could imagine popping out a window with just just the async TI oh visualization God. of the game in progress. Oh my God! 
that just i didn't even consider that but if this data is output into a way yeah a player a, a person could just pull up their own async board and just literally look at the game get played on their desktop okay you're terrifying me now uh, with the ways that people could start to engage with this hobby because it is it is really weird to consider the idea that like you could just have bots pulled up with like you I mean if you could watch a game from your browser that's not like even in a Twitch stream but just literally like I mean I'm I'm looking at an async like screenshot right now but to just watch those numbers like update in real time I mean you'd have to be a com- you'd have to be a, an actual computer to like I don't know <laughs> watch the data just stream in that way I think but that is a a truly uh interesting uh way to go about engaging with this stuff I I had not even thought of that So there is a technical limitation where only the host is able to send a Twitch yeah. for obvious reasons but um okay. The uh, the Twitch overlay and the Twitch um, extensions, those are just HTML. So right. and whatever is currently in the async page, you might just be able to drop it in and have it just work. Wow. Wow. That would be amazing. That would That'd be, be fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and just thinking of what people could even do from there. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, even even to consider like the idea that you could use these resources and even enhance your own experience in playing at some point like if there's a way for this stuff to be output and like i'm playing i have this monitor up and i have Mm -hmm. like on my second monitor literally like the charts and graphs of information that i want to have like i could be playing as a more (laughs) scientific player mathematical player because i can at a glance i don't have to go around to the player areas to see how much money each person has i i mean in the the same way people you know in tts always wanted that little readout on the bottom right that sometimes you could get where it's just like here's everybody's numbers like that could become an entire browser window of just like here's everything that's happening so that at a glance i can keep track of every little component and where it is and what's happening with it right and and even I mean outside of it spitting out all of this data um, in a nice clean way, there's also um, you know already uh, I asked Daryl for a and actually I don't even know if you put this in there because I asked or if you put the if you had just always been planning on adding this, but there is now when the agenda phase is happening that big menu that we can't come up with what to call it yeah. now just shows um, essentially so that the streamer can put yes. their camera on that. It has just like an overlay of everything that's happening um, because the way that each player's agenda phase menu is set up is very, it's good to play on, but it's not as good to stream. And now, you know, we don't have anything like that on Tabletop Simulator. We don't have stuff that's specifically set up to make it streamable. Yep. And uh, and actually, Derek, I I don't, I I noticed it the last time I played. Did you add that because I asked or did you, were you always planning on adding that? I mean, I had it because Matt asked. <laughs> oh, I, oh, okay. I see. I asked oh, like a yeah, dozen yeah, times. I think, I think what happened was I told Matt to tell oh, you, sure, yeah, and yeah. that's the thing is that that was not a Matt idea. That yeah. was that was me. That's Jerry. A Hunter original, okay? right there. <laughs> that was a that was a Hunter original. Okay. Well, I got that one. I do want to get into that public uh, tool thing, the hub, the the supercomputer, because I do feel like we're even looking at that thing in its earliest days, right? Like you guys, you you have put some work into it i know that rob human and you worked for a long time on like even what the table layout is like just the whole mods layout and everything which i think is awesome at the moment but there's like clearly room to even grow within that and and i feel like over time we're gonna see that hub become uh even more involved a question i had was uh the idea that 
from my understanding, the thing with like TTS was always like, there's one font. You get to use one font and like making tools, like things had to be formatted in a really, really specific way in TTS. Like buttons always have to look the exact same. That's why everything just ended up looking like the same in it. I, I remember when we were making the 2020 draft tool, that was something we kind of bumped up against. It's like, well, we can only do things kind of a couple of ways. But my understanding of TTPG is realistically you can make it look like anything. So like if we had more people that are like singularly focused on UI design or is it UX design? I don't know. Like it like what UI. is the upper limit of what these tools could look like and function as? Like can they have essentially become like I mean apps that you would have on your cell phone or is it always going to be like it, wow. are, are we restricted to this like the gray screen thing or is that just like what we've been able to put together so fast and it's the cleanest easiest thing to like adapt to uh, so right now tabletop playground has some really great ability to control sort of read only fonts and whatnot i'll say so mm -hmm. so if if it's uh, you know just drawn on the screen or drawn on an object we've got a lot of power over that but if it's a clickable button that's still somewhat limited sure okay okay but for instance, for example, the homebrew strategy card that's built in, where you can edit the text, you know, it has the correct font for the names and the correct fonts for the for the strategy card abilities. Right. We've been we haven't started doing it because I'm not sure it's a good idea. But we had thought about doing a version of Franken where it actually builds you your faction sheet, where all your abilities are just on the sheet oh with the correct God. font and all that Ooh. stuff. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that would rule. That would definitely rule. And and yeah, I, I, very, I wasn't even cool. thinking of the tech board, but when you bring it up, like the tech board is significantly more involved than the tech UI element in TTS, right? Like the idea that even the tech board shows you what prerequisites you already have. Like you can just look at your tech board and know exactly what text you are allowed to research in this yep. exact moment, which is a, yep. a pretty fascinating aspect of it. Yeah, and that's it's just a good thing to highlight that um, I didn't write any of that. That's mm -hmm. just I woke up one morning and someone had submitted the tech board and that's incredible. Later on, submitted an update to it. And, you know, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I, I I love that. Another thing I love about it that we haven't talked about is the production area. Yes. Um, as opposed to TTS, has a a this is so cool to me. Um, it has a button that you can click. That will hide your production area specifically <laughs> it builds like a hidden zone like you would on tts but it specifically just covers that area and you know you can turn it off you can turn it on it's becoming its own game to me <laughs> turning it off and on again because i'll turn it off and then i'll like have this build up there yeah like ready to go just hoping maybe somebody's looking for no reason and it's like a fake build but i because I, I do a lot of fake builds you know and then i'll turn it on and i'll turn it to the real build Haha. -ha. Yeah. And then Man. they'll be like, wait, I thought you were going to build something else. And nobody, like, yeah, it's none of your business. Nobody pays attention to Hunter's production area more than he thinks People that they to pay, pay attention. more attention to my build area. <laughs> and guess what? Uh, if you do now, I can hide it from you. So, but I like it. I really like it a lot. Actually, I really appreciate that feature. Well, so you can, st you can still see people drag units over into that hidden zone. Yeah. But there's a, a feature that not a lot of people use where if you're holding something, you can hit zero on your numpad and it will trash it for you. So what you can do is you can drag your Warsaw into the box, <laughs> hit zero, and just put it back for you. Daryl, this is the game I'm going to play now. Now it's the, the You've real opened game. It up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Uh, also, the on the uh, this is something that I feel like everybody sees this and is like, well, this is just like slick. On every unit bag, which they're not really, I mean, the, the where, where your units are kept, your reinforcements, 
Yeah. There's this nice little. It's not like numeric. It's like a. It's like a. How would you describe it? It's like a Mega Man pill. Yeah. Thing. It's a little pips counter. Yeah. Yeah, a little pips counter for every single unit. Um, and also that applies to your command, where your command counters are kept as well. Uh, so you have a little pip of just like, this is how many um, command counters I have. This is how many uh, dreadnoughts I have left in reinforcements. Right. Um, and I really love that. And it just looks great, too. Yeah. It looks so good. Well, and that's the stuff, too, that certainly is going to grow over time, right? Like, as we get even more, like, th there's going to be more cool programming things done. But I think also, like this is the invitation to all the artists out there of like get in there and just add cool user experience stuff to the mod right all of that stuff helps too outside of the fun automation we can all do it's just like getting this thing to look prettier and prettier is a a, a huge value we have to the whole community yeah i wish i had the list open in front of me but that those uh energy bar pips, whatever you want to call it. That was another thing that just randomly showed up in the morning that someone had contributed. <laughs> Whoa, that's amazing. Wow. That's, um, that's so cool. I'm really excited about um, the team and Daryl. Uh, I can never, ever say thank you enough I, for this. Seriously. I didn't even know you were getting charged every single time we were using. Like, does that mean that? Wait, hold up. So, like, you know, when you know, when I have to turn off the overlay and then turn it back on again, no. does that charge you again? No, it's just um, overall computation time. So yeah. okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Thank God. Well, still, I was like, wow, that because I've turned it off and on again like so many times, yeah. like before yeah. in a single game. Oh man, I'm just that, that would have been amazing of... if it had been like, yep, every time that's seventy five cents, and then it's just like, wow, that's that would just be a weird thing to be tracking. Yeah. But yeah, Daryl, I, I can never thank you enough, man. Seriously, I can never the, thank you the enough. The community can't thank you enough, and and I know I've seen this out there before. Of um, people would love a way to um contribute to you and and i think the biggest thing we have to thank you for daryl is for doing this uh you know the way you do it which is like free of charge now uh i know some of that is like basically legally like uh if we want this to be done like we can't start all handing daryl a bunch of money which makes it really complicated but like i just feel like we couldn't couldn't put enough praise on you for for all of the crazy work you do i know there's a lot of other people too that deserve a lot of praise and i, and I thank all of them but i think we all know that uh the, the sheer number of hours you put into this is pretty insane and so uh just a just a colossal thank you i appreciate that thank you it's quite rewarding to turn on a stream and be like this is something i worked on yeah um, I'm I'm but, glad but, you get that out of it, and I hope people hear that and and want to contribute in that way too, and more people can get their elements put into the mod that you know all of our community uses. I th I think that's a, a thing that's very exciting for everyone to to try to contribute to. I think I think it makes this whole game more playable, right, and more interesting. Like we 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 build the community more when this mod is very very fun to play, not just like oh it serves the purpose of letting me play online, but it's like if the mod itself is fun and cool. Uh, that that it goes a, a long way. I think it's also worth addressing that um, the moment you start talking about revenue, yeah. it changes from something that's uh, very easy to turn a blind eye to, that's drawing attention to something, yep. into a different category that uh, we don't want to be in. Yes, right. So the, the best way to contribute right now is, you know, if you're into user interface, JavaScript, 3D modeling or whatnot, you know, reach out. And if you're not into those, then play system games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah just play awesome. it. Just the best. The best thing you could do to thank Daryl is to just come play this ding yeah. dang thing, so that come we know how well it works. Yeah, come, 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 make his labor worth it. Can we end on a little game then? Drago Thaxon has this oh. question, and I want to, and I want to end it here, which is just, what is the most ambitious thing you and your team are looking to add? But I would like to turn this question into 
the three of us each need to come up with one just dream big don't worry okay. about don't worry about asking daryl if this is a practical thing okay, daryl yeah, yeah, don't yeah. even think about like could i actually for sure do this what is just something you would like to see made down the road and 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 maybe daryl you can use this to, to to tease things you're like already working on or whatever i i don't know what's going on in your head but like well Matt, each since of us you're just, framing it this way yeah. do you do you have something ready to go um I, I think for me the most ambitious the biggest thing i really want to see is that uh that side of we were explaining earlier the like player interface stuff like the ways i could be playing in tabletop playground and it's like oh it's good to have this physical experience but if i can enhance my ability to play the idea of like having first off having things like combat odds calculators in the mod i think would actually be kind of cool i know that that's dangerous territory and people have always felt weird about it but I have no problem with it, and I just think those kinds of things... I don't like, like it. I, well, that's fine. Uh, but I, I think getting to run the numbers on that kind of stuff would be very cool, but also, like, having little trackers on another uh, screen where it's like... You know, we, we had a tool at one point in TTS that is like, here's all the secrets that have been shown, like, that are that are scored or whatever, and here's, like, your checklist of what's left. Like, having that on, like, a separate browser window and, and for me to be able to go in and check that stuff would be uh, a, a huge factor to me. Um... But the last and and most ambitious thing, and this actually probably has nothing to do with the mod at all, <laughs> but I want uh, I want all of our overlay tools. I what I really need is a way for us to do that in person. I need a I need a website where I can click on stuff because oh, what what, is, what has happened is what would that even no, mean, hang on, man. Well, listen, what listen. Is... Just let me finish the thing. The the problem right. right now is that Hunter and I's IRL streaming is now like behind our capabilities of what we can stream and talk about in tabletop playground streams and so it's like oh no how am i ever gonna make irl streams like as informational as these and i don't think i ever will but i i guess that's my dream big is like how do we turn all of this stuff we've learned from the user experience in ttpg and make it something i can output in a stream for an irl game i don't know i don't even know what that means but that's my most ambitious project okay that was uh, that was a lot, Matt. You were just like, <laughs> I want something that I'm not. I'm not even sure how would that. What even would that be? Doesn't matter. Guess, what's, like, what's your idea? <laughs> um, I think it'd be cool if uh, we could get Nuparibo into the TTPG mod. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Just a little bit of the old. Well, you know what I'm talking about. You know this guy, Nuparibo. Need him in there. That's my most ambitious idea. Yeah. And I seed my time. Yeah, yeah. We need a Bobbert. Apparently, we need a Bobbert back in the TTPG mod. Someone just needs to upload a Bobbert at the beach. Yeah, Bobbert at the beach. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, do you have a do you have a most ambitious idea you hope to see with uh, with this thing you've created? Uh, yeah, so something that has sort of been thinking out in the back burner for a long time was um, if you go to Board Game Geek, there are a number of these sort of horrible, not quite artificial intelligences, but but state driven artificial players. Whoa! And I thought it would be really cool for you know when you take someone's home system and they rage quit the game. No. You'd be like, all right, we can't find someone to step in for them, so we'll <laughs> drop in this better-than-nothing quote-unquote AI to take over for them. You dreamed so much That's bigger huge. than I thought you were going to dream. No, that, That's that, awesome. at, least it's, at least that sounds doable, Matt. Yeah. You were talking about, I don't even know what you were talking about. 
You're talking about some sort of like ARG version of Twilight Imperium that would cost probably millions of dollars. But yeah, a a better than nothing AI, that sounds fantastic yeah. actually yeah. for like a million situations right. basically. Even just the tool that can like play strategy card and pass. Just that, just that yeah. tool. <laughs> and then go from there, develop the AI from there. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, Daryl, thank you so much uh, for not only coming on today and hanging out with us and, and letting us have more information about this thing, but again, just a huge thank you for all the work you've done for, I mean, now going on two plus years or so, two, two whole years. I don't even know. It's been, it's been a lot of hours you put into this project, and uh, we definitely see... Uh, we see what you've contributed to this, and, and we just we have to thank the heck out of you. So thank you. Thank you, and thank you to all the other people that have contributed as well. Of course, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would love to again. If someone has a compiled list of of credits, like I want that. I will. I will. You know, plaster that all over the place. I know that R Rob Human deserves a huge shout out. I know people like uh, Milty and Wecker, and of course Raptor, and there, you know, there's tons of people contributing stuff. Um, Bradley Sigma. I'm just thinking of names that I've seen, you know, talking in these various channels. Um, um, Phil, Phil Roy has that uh, that that pet monkey, that <laughs> monkey puppet thing. <laughs> Dolores? Is it Dolores or Dorothy or what is it? It's got a D name. I don't remember the monkey's <laughs> name, but uh, is that uh, the monkey? Is that hey. the same monkey, Daryl, that you use? Is 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 Phil Roy's no, monkey the one that throws all the stuff around the table? I think no, it might Dolores be. wouldn't do that. <laughs> I think it is now. <laughs> And with that, a thank you to, uh, this is just Matt now, by the way, uh, after recording, Daryl sent us a list. So our first thank you is actually going to be to all of the Tabletop Playground mod contributors that we got a list from, from Daryl after the facts, including 11 Quats, Bradley Sigma, Dot Logics, Eevee, Lawn Weir, Lucredial, Raptor, Seacrest, Somber Lord, Tenju Utena, That Rob Human, Wecker, and Zendog, as well as everybody else who contributed to work on the TTS mod and whose work was moved forward into Tabletop Playground. So thank you to all of you. I also want to thank our Weird Bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Anvilier, Squeamish, Emu, Brassbird, Brian, Kaluin, Holio, Penguin, Kraken, Dark Jutsu, Goondock, Carnal, Necrodice Twice, Totally Calculating Poet, Kindred Spirit, Lord Raddington, Bagels, M. Lashevsky, Sunvax, Rabsol, Oh my gosh, Rabsol? Whoa. Absol, Ricky, M44, Rwise, and Wecker. And I also want to thank Mama's lovely larva. My son is also named Bort, Nerf, Zerg, Tautology, Is What It Is, Frank G, Rekka, Jadim, Jedi, and Graxer, Uncle Batty, Savant, and Teddy's Jam for you. Homebrewers Guild, we've got our artifacts stream coming up around the corner where there's not actually a date and time set for it, but keep an eye on the next coming week or so for the Twitch stream of that, and then the VOD will be up on YouTube shortly after Galactic Council. We will have a poll for you in next week's episode. If you loved this episode and you love the work of Daryl and all those people, go do all the things we've said already. Go play it. And also, if you liked our interview with Daryl, Maybe give this uh, podcast a five-star rating on your uh, podcast app of choice to help the algorithms do their crunchy business. You can also find information about our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, and our merch on SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles.com. And you can send us this Imperium life stories to SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles at gmail.com. I do not have a story for you right now because it's just me. I'm all alone. Good night. I love you. Go play Tabletop Playground so that none of Daryl's work is in vain. Thank you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica. 
Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>